Hey guys, so I haven't done a podcast that featured bankruptcy in any way in a while, and I wanted to sort of get back to that. Number one, because I miss it tremendously, and number two, because I think that there's a huge amount of information online um, surrounding Chapter 7 bankruptcy, but I wanted to be really much more specific in, in the type of stuff that I'm actually putting out there. Um, general, sure, but I want people to have sort of practical tools and, and moreover know what to expect when they're filing a Chapter 7 bankruptcy. And one of the things that I really wanted to focus on um, specifically today is the meeting of the creditors. So that meeting happens at the tail end of the bankruptcy itself. Uh, you will have already met with an attorney. You will have already prepared something called a petition um, where you go through um, all your assets, all your liabilities. You do a credit counseling certificate online. You do all the stuff uh, prior to the filing of the bankruptcy. And now the bankruptcy is actually filed. So what happens next is typically you'll get a notice to appear um, at your court in about 30 days, anywhere from 20 to 30 days uh, from the time you actually file. And what you're appearing for is something called the 341 meeting um, or the meeting of the creditors as it's better known. And Really what that is, is you going into a room uh, with your attorney and about 20 to 30 other people uh, there uh, that are gonna be heard before a trustee. So the trustee is, is not a judge um, and the room is typically not a courtroom at all. In fact, it's never a courtroom. I've never been in a courtroom um, where this has occurred. It's simply a conference room and you'll be there with a bunch of other people who have also filed for bankruptcy and they're on the calendar. In other words, their, their bankruptcy case is gonna be heard um, that same day. So you're there um, and you're obviously nervous and you wanna know what to expect. The number one most important thing is that your attorney goes over uh, the questions to expect at that meeting with you prior to the meeting itself. I do not mean the morning of, I mean prior. So a really good attorney or a good attorney or a competent attorney or even a marginal attorney will call you the day before or two days before and they'll either bring you into the office or they'll do it via phone. But the really important thing to, to point out in something like this is that they're gonna be doing it. In other words, they're gonna be talking to you um, about the process itself and what you can come to expect. The problem is that some people will go in, their attorneys won't prep them and they're completely nervous. They have no idea what to expect from the trustee and that becomes a huge problem. And the reason that becomes a huge problem is because you can say things that you don't actually mean that sound absolutely ridiculous, like if a trustee asks if you actually own a home and you say no, even though you do. And the reason that happens is because you're actually nervous. So the basis behind this and the point behind this is that your attorney has to get in touch with you the day before, the week before, whatever it is to, to prep you um, for the questions that are gonna be asked. You'll feel a thousand times better uh, when you're familiar with the actual questions themselves. And I'm gonna go over them um, right now. That's really the point of this podcast is to give you some familiarity with the questions that trustees typically ask uh, and the responses that, that typically trustees uh, want or, or look for in something like this. So again, if your attorney hasn't gotten in touch with you, get in touch with them. Uh, if you're doing this on your own, I think it's crazy. Um, but you know, Again, if you're represented, um, definitely speak to your attorney and make sure that you get prepped before this. And again, not the morning of, because it makes a huge difference. So you'll go into the 341 meeting on the appointed day, um, and you'll always want to have your social security card and your picture ID. You have a lot of instances where the attorneys don't tell you to bring your social security card um, or your picture ID. 
make sure you have it. Not a copy of it, um, an actual physical social security card. Otherwise, the trustee can actually elect not to hear your meeting and the day off that you just took from work to go to this thing will have been for naught and you're going to have to do it all over again, which really sucks for everybody involved. It's not a good way to uh, to impress the trustee. So make sure you have your social security card with you. If you lost it, if you don't know where it is, you should go to the social security uh, office um, prior and say, look, I lost my card. I need a printout that actually has my number on it um, and something saying that my card's been lost. And they'll give that to you right then and there. Um, and from there on in, you can actually bring that with you to court. So you bring that with you. They'll call your name. You and your attorney go up there. And... The trustee will have you state your name. So you'll state your name, that's the first question. State your address, you'll state your address. Is this your signature? And he's gonna point to the verification page of the petition, actually the voluntary petition itself. Um, Your attorney will be pointing to where you sign that petition. Um, And you'll say yes if it's your signature, and if it's not, then you really have to reassess your relationship with your lawyer. he will then ask or she will then ask, have you reviewed this petition? Um, Yes or no. Um, Really, you should have reviewed this petition prior to filing it. I mean, that's required, number one. It's insane not to. Um, And you should review it again afterwards. We always have our clients do that because you should be familiar with the creditors. You should be familiar with your assets, the amount you owe, um, your assets and expenses, et cetera. So uh, it's yes or no. Um, do you want to make any changes to the petition itself? So let's say you filed for bankruptcy and at the time you filed, you had a job. Now you don't. That's a big change. Uh, at the time you filed for bankruptcy, you owned a home. Now it's gone through foreclosure. Um, your car has been repossessed, whatever it is. If anything materially changes on that, um, on that petition, and I don't even want to say materially, if there's any changes whatsoever, if your address changes or anything else, you say, yes, I want to make a change. And the trustee will say, well, what's that change? You know, what do you want to make? And you'll tell the trustee what it is specifically um, that you'd like to change in something like this. So you'll do that. Um, the trustee will then likely say, what do you do? In other words, what's your employment? You'll tell them where you work. And they'll say, how much do you make? Some trustees, again, trustees do this really differently. Some are super easy on the questions and some are ridiculously specific. Your attorney Um, if they have some experience in bankruptcy, should be able to prepare you not just for the questions, but how every trustee typically asks questions. So in New York, we have some trustees that ask questions in a particular way and others that ask in a very, very different way, almost the identical question, but because they phrase it differently, the answers can be different. And I'll I'll get to that uh, in a little bit in the podcast. But um, they'll say, what do you do? How much do you make? And you'll tell them how uh, how much you actually make. And then they'll get to the nitty gritty on this. So they'll say, do you own a car? yes or no. Um, If you lease a car, the answer is no, because you have no ownership interest. You're simply leasing the vehicle itself. And be cognizant of that. That trips people up all the time. Uh, People will go in. This is another thing where, you know, if you're not prepared for it, it really isn't your fault because you won't even understand the the basic concept of that. Well, yeah, I have a, you know, Chevy outside. But if it's leased, the trustee doesn't care. Why? Because the trustee can't actually uh, sell it. Uh, there's no ownership interest in it, and there's no equity in it, I should say, so they can't actually sell it. Um, so you'll say no uh, if you actually lease a vehicle, or yes if you own the vehicle. If it's owned, they're going to say, when did you buy it? Uh, they could say, how much did you put down for it? Where did you get the money uh, to put down that for the vehicle? So let's say you bought an Ultima a year ago, and you paid, I don't know, 15000 for it, and you put $8,000 down. 
trustees going to raise their eyebrows. Where'd you get 8K you know, a year ago or a year and a half ago and, and here you are filing for bankruptcy. So make sure you're familiar with all that stuff, the background information as to how you got your assets, through what sources you got your assets, et cetera. Um, they'll say, do you own the home? So this is, you pay close attention to this because it, it gets a little bit more complex and each trustee has a different way of asking this. So they'll say, do you own the home? Yes or no. So let's say you do own the home. Yes, I own the home. Um, when did you buy that home? It's not enough just to know that you actually own a home. It's not enough to know the address. It's not enough to know, you know, specifically what it was that you bought. But when did you buy that home, right? I don't know. I bought it in 2010. How much did you pay for the home? Again, review your docs before you come into this thing. Make sure you look at the deed. Make sure you look at the papers um, that came with the actual home itself when you purchased it. You need to know specifics. I'll tell you why. If you bought this home for 630000 uh, or 632000 you say 632000 If you say, I bought this home for, and they say, how much did you pay for it? And you say, I don't know, I think around 600000 It's a big red flag. And it's not a horrible red flag, but here's what the problem is. The trustee in this meeting is trying to determine two things. Is there something fishy? And is there equity to be had here? So in New York, if you're filing with New York exemptions, you have $150,000 worth of equity uh, that you can protect in a home. So if a home was worth $750,000 and you had a mortgage of $600,000, you can keep that home. The trustee can't sell that home. If a home is worth $750,000 and you have a mortgage of $500,000, that home can be sold by the trustee um, and the money, part, at least part of the money over the exemption can be used to pay creditors. The difference in your answers is this. If you have a home and you know you bought it for X number of dollars and there's X number of dollars left on the mortgage, let's say $512,000 left to pay off, et cetera, um, the trustee can determine whether or not there's any equity in there. If you're giving an average or assuming or saying, I don't know, somewhere around 420000 430000 somewhere around there, it's difficult for the trustee to close that meeting at the end and essentially say, I need nothing else from you because you're not giving them specific numbers. The second thing, an important thing, is that it's psychological, right? If you respond to someone in a very specific way, um, I think it goes a long way to allay any fears or concerns that you either aren't prepared or that you're hiding something or that something's fishy or something else. Um, you know, if you are very specific in your responses to the trustee, it makes their life much, much easier. So. Again, review the paperwork prior to going in there um, on any home that you actually have. So you'll essentially say, yes, uh, I own the home. How much did you purchase it for? $549,000. When did you buy it? The time when you bought it. Um, how much did you put down as a down payment? That's another question they're going to ask you, right? Um, and that's important to know. So I put down $35,000, right? Uh, where did you get that money? That's almost always going to be, if you bought a home, you know, in... in recently, let's say, in the last two years or so, trustees are always going to think, well, how'd you get you know, $40,000 to buy a home and here you are in $150,000 worth of credit card debt. So know how much you purchased uh, and also how much you put down on the home. Be super specific about that as well. Know whether or not someone else, someone's name was on the deed. This trips everyone up. It doesn't matter if those names are on the mortgage. I, I shouldn't say it doesn't matter, but what the trustee's looking for is whose name was on the deed. If you bought a home with your wife and your mother and you transferred, your mother transferred the interest in that home, there are issues surrounding the equity and whether or not the trustee can actually, you know, take that. There, it could be that, you know, you bought a home with your wife 
and um, you know you, you transfer your interest over to your wife and if that but you still live there and if that's the case that causes complications again so there they need to essentially know the chain of title and what transpired um, so make sure you're familiar with those things as well specifically step by step and don't don't be scared to talk to your lawyer about this I mean again this is something you want to sit down and have a long long meeting uh, about prior to walking into that room uh, if you owned a piece of property if you really want to keep that home um, you really have to make sure to know specifically when you bought it, how much you paid, was it transferred, did anything occur. Um, another thing they'll ask is whether or not you ever refinanced and what you do with the money. Trips people up literally all the time. Yes, I refinanced. When did you refinance? Uh, I don't know, a year, maybe three. Uh, okay, well, what would you do? Did you just do it for a rate or a better rate? Or I think I took some money out. How much did you take out? 40,000, what'd you do with the money? I, I bought food. Literally, that's how it goes. And that's a pit that you can fall into that you can't really easily get out of. And that's a shame um, because that just deals with not being prepared for the actual questions that are there. Um, there's no right or wrong way to answer them. It's simply the truth. And you know, if you're nervous and you don't expect those questions, you're not gonna be able, no one in their right mind is gonna be able to remember when they refied and how much specifically, unless they look it up, right? If this happened three years ago or three and a half years ago, and it may be nothing. It may be completely, you know, a small thing. You did it for an interest rate. Maybe you took $5,000 out, cash out. But the trustee doesn't know that. And it's based on your testimony. So be sure to know um, specifically when you refied, how much you took out if you did, and what you did with that money. Saying, I bought food, I bought clothes, uh, there's nothing, right? That's not specific. We're going back to that. It's bro Those are broad answers that don't really help out. Um, saying something different. So let's say you you know, you know had $40,000 that you cashed out um, when you did a refi. What did you do with the money? Well, $15,000 went to credit cards that I had to pay off. Um, $10,000 of that was for an Amex. $5,000 of that was for a, uh, a Chase card that I had. Um, an additional... $10,000 went to paying back school loans. Um, we just had a new kid and there was $6,000 worth of hospital bills. And on top of that, we had to spend $3,000 on baby clothes. And my mother got sick, so I, I mean, something along those lines. That puts the trustee way more at ease. Um, and then, you know, you're saying $40,000 I bought food because that gives a general answer. Again, the trustee has to complete their inspection um, of essentially of your financial life and make sure that nothing is amiss here, that the creditors aren't entitled to anything. And so knowing the specifics of something like that goes a long way to um, alleviating their concerns. Now, the other thing to keep in mind in something like this is the trustee, you know, you may think that you buying a house or selling a house a couple of years ago doesn't make any difference or six years ago doesn't make any difference. Trustees are then gonna follow up and say, have you ever owned um, a condo co-op or home at any time? They'll go back. They'll go back nine years. They'll go back 10 years. I mean, sometimes they won't care if it's that long, but let's say it was five years ago, right? Um, and you made a ton of money off of that five years ago and you transferred $60,000. Let's say four years ago, you, you sold the home and you transferred $60,000 to your mother uh, because you had to pay her back. Guess what? Trustee may have, if you were insolvent at the time, may have the ability to go after your mother for that money. So just because you know you bought a house four years ago or four and a half years ago or five years ago uh, doesn't give you the ability to sort of tell the trustee, well, look, this was five years ago. I have no idea, right? 
you have to be on top of your game. You have to know um, every single time that you purchased or sold any kind of real property anywhere in the world or a co-op for that matter. They want to know if it was transferred over to a family member, right? Um, Even three years ago or four years ago because maybe you had debt during that time and maybe that that, uh, transfer was fraudulent and they can undo it. Um, so be on your game. You know, make sure you know specifically. We, we've had clients that had seven or eight purchases because they were you know, caught in, in the mess in 2008 and they were flipping properties. They have to have documents. Those documents have to be sent over to the trustee. Trustee's got to know all about this. Um, you know, it, it's super important uh, that they get everything because otherwise it becomes a huge headache for you. So ensure that you go over that with your attorney, that you're truthful with your attorney, that they know, you know what in the world is going on. So that's homes, and they're gonna stick on that for a long time. If you've had a couple properties, the trustees typically go through in detail with you, um, you know, through the actual timeline itself. And having the proper documents and responding correctly, really, in my experience, makes the trustee just move on, right? They don't, it's not that they don't care, they're just, you're on top of your game, they get it, there's nothing weird going on here, they can ask another round of questions, it's nothing, essentially nothing to see here, right? So that's home. The other thing to point out is, and the reason I bring up you know, different trustees is that some tr- trustees will just stop and say, okay, you know, they, do you own the home now? No. All right, they'll stop. They'll go to the next thing. Other trustees will, will ask, have you ever owned the home in the past two years? Have you ever owned the home in the past six years, et cetera? So again, it's important to know who the trustee is, what their tendencies are, and your lawyer can actually tell you that. So those are homes. The next biggest thing is small businesses. They'll ask whether or not you've ever had a small business. And you may think that you not incorporating, so let's say it was a sole proprietorship, doesn't make it a business. It is. Um, If you're selling $10,000 worth of jewelry a year on eBay, even though you didn't incorporate it, that's still essentially a business for purposes of the trustee. They want to know, you know what that is. Do you have merchandise? Do you have inventory? When did you start it? What were your sales for the last year? You have to know these facts. You know, Even if they were small, maybe they were a couple thousand dollars, whatever it is, you have to know how much was spent um, on it. You have to know, you know where that inventory is, what to do with it, et cetera. Um, so that's important to point out as well. Just because it wasn't incorporated doesn't actually mean it's not a business. And trustee will, will go through small businesses as well. Now, if you have a bigger one, they'll want to know what happened to it. Does it have any money in the bank account now? Businesses do not enjoy exemptions under bankruptcy law. So let's say you didn't have a home and let's say you were able to file in New York State and you use the federal exemptions. You could likely protect up to $12,000 worth of stuff. So meaning let's say you have $10,000 worth of cash, you could protect that cash. Businesses do not enjoy those same exemptions. It could file, you know, you could actually protect it under the wildcard exemption um, in New York, but using the federal exemptions. But I don't want to confuse you too much. Essentially, the trustees want to know if there's stuff that they can take, right? And if there's $60,000 in cash um, or receivables, if let's say you're a real estate broker and you have a real estate uh, brokerage, they're going to want to know about that because they're, they're going to want to see whether or not you can take that. So bring that up to your attorney prior to even filing, right? Um, and bring that up before the meeting. Make sure you and your attorney are on the same page as to the questions that are coming about the business itself. What happened to it? Did you transfer the business? Is it heavily in debt? Does it have offices? Did you just make a huge purchase prior to filing for bankruptcy for the business itself? Did you just buy a tractor? Whatever it is. Um, 
be aware of that because there's consequences to that. The last thing you want to do, if you take nothing from this, the last thing you want to do is going to uh, into a meeting of the creditors and not being prepared for the business questions and then saying, well, yeah, I mean, we have $50,000 that just came in, but our business isn't doing well. Trustee's not going to care how well your business is doing. The trustee's going to say, great, so I need you to cut me a check for that $50,000 right away or that car that you bought for the business that's worth $20,000. I'm going to need the keys for that today. And you need to make sure to, to discuss that with your attorney prior to that because if you get in that situation, it's too late. There's nothing you can do, right? Um, you know, if, you're, if you speak to your attorney before that, um, maybe there's a way to address it. You know, maybe you wait f- uh, to file the case itself. Maybe um, you talk to the trustee and try and settle it out beforehand. I mean, there, there's a variety of things that you can do, but it's important that, um, that you stay in touch with them. Um, so that's small business, and they're going to ask about that. Um, you know, when was the last time you used credit cards is a big one. Uh, specific, again. Saying, I don't know when you're up there is not specific. Saying, oh, I don't know, maybe a year ago is not specific. 14 months ago, 16 months ago, two years ago, three years ago, four and a half years ago. When was the last time you paid credit cards, right? You don't want to make payments uh, in, in the prior 90 days prior to filing. So, it typically is the same. So you're never going to have a situation where you'll have used credit cards four years ago, but you made your last payment two years ago. You could have a situation where you didn't use credit cards for a year, and in the past month you made $6,000 worth of payments because the trustee can go after that money. Um, let's say in the past month or so, or the past three months, I should say. So be aware of that um, and know specifics when it comes to, to that as well. Have you transferred any money to any friends, family, to family, relatives, or loved ones in the past few years over, let's say, $5,000? The reason trustee wants to know that, that the trustee actually wants to know that, is because if you have, trustee can go after your family. I've had plenty of people that hadn't met with a lawyer before they walked into that meeting, and everything was going fine, and then that question comes up, and they said, yeah, you know, I sent $9,000 to my mom in the Dominican Republic three months ago. Wasn't asked. The attorney never asked him about this previously, wasn't volunteered, whatever it is. That's a huge problem. That is a huge, huge problem. So uh, make sure you're aware of that as well. Is anyone going to die and leave you any money that you're aware of? Um, super uncomfortable question. Some trustees are really weird about asking it because it's a, it's essentially like, so when's your mom going to drop dead? Uh, is that happening soon? Is that is that like a thing? Does anybody have terminal cancer? And it's just so such a creepy question, but they ask it. All the time, um, and so you know, make sure you're you're aware of that as well. Um, to know that, are you suing anyone for any uh, personal injury? It's a big one. Um, the reason they ask that is because if you are suing someone under personal injury, they want to know about it. The trustee can essentially step in your shoes, right? Fire your personal injury attorney and hire their own personal injury attorney to prosecute that case because there may be money for the estate that's actually there. So you want to know um, all about that. Um, going back to the house just for one second, uh, if I can, I'm going to leapfrog back. Know how much your house is worth. Know how much the mortgage is on there because they're going to say, how do you know how much your house is worth? Rookie attorneys will walk in or attorneys that aren't so experienced will walk in and they'll say, you know, they'll, the trustee will ask a debtor, how much is your house worth? $150,000. How do you know that? My neighbor sold their house for $152,000 and mine it sucks a little bit more than theirs. Horrible answer. 
um, trustee's going to say, what, what? That doesn't make any sense. Did you get an appraisal done? And they'll look at the attorney and they'll say, oh, no, no appraisal. That's not okay. You got to get an appraisal done. Um, you have to make sure you know what that appraisal actually says. You can get a BPO letter from from a broker, a broker's opinion letter, I should say. But uh, the best thing to do is get an appraisal, specifically if you want to keep this property because you want the most secure number. And by secure, I mean it's validated by someone that has a license. Um, and so that's super important to know. The worst thing you can do, again, is be in that meeting. The trustee asks you that question, and you kind of just shrug your shoulders and say, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I tried to sell it a couple of years ago for 300000 and I didn't get anything, so I think it's probably worth two fifty. It won't fly. They have to have specifics. They need to know what the last mortgage statement is. If you have a second mortgage, uh, if you have a credit line, make sure that that's listed as well. Make sure you bring that up as well. Uh, same thing goes for your car, by the way. They could say, how much is your car worth? Your attorney will go on Kelly Blue Book to get the actual valuation of the vehicle itself, and they'll take that and subtract anything that, that uh, you have on left on the note to actually figure out how much equity is in the vehicle. But the thing is this, if that car broke down, if that car, you know, you're, if you were in an accident, make sure to bring that up. If you have bills from a mechanic, from an auto body shop, bring that up because that will bring the value of the vehicle down substantially and it could allow you. We've had instances where you know we thought a car was going to be taken away because there was too much equity, but it wasn't because it just had a mechanical breakdown and you just had to put $4,000 in there or it just you know, got rear-ended and there's still damage to it. So all of these things actually matter. Um, and so those are some of the questions that are, that are actually going to be asked. Um, of you, they can ask also, what was the most you've had in your bank account in the past two years, right? $2,000 is not a big deal. $10,000 is a big deal. $10,000 is not a big deal if there was a reason for that there. So if your grandmother died a year and a half ago and she left you $10,000, what'd you do with that money is gonna be the follow-up. If you paid off debts, if you lived off that money, if you said, look, I, I was owed rent of $2,000 a month for the past three months and I paid that off, the rest of it, I had to pay credit card bills. You're probably going to be fine. If you say, if you know, if the same answer is ten thousand dollars, what'd you do with the money? I'm not, I'm not sure. Food. You're going to have a big problem. They're going to want bank statements. They're going to want credit card statements, etc. And it's going to be a bigger, bigger mess um, than it needs to have been in the first place. So, those are some of the questions. I mean, the one thing that I'll leave you with, and the most important thing I, I guess that you can get from this is that you have to make sure that you know what's on those papers. You have to know what's on the petition. You have to know how much you spend on rent. You have to know how much you spend on Con Ed because if the trustee questions that and you freeze, you have a big problem. If the trustee questions that and you confidently respond, yes, I pay $85, I'm sorry, let's say $285 for Con Ed because I have a two-family home and the ACs are completely inefficient and we, you know, we have a newborn so we can't keep it hot, whatever, chances are they're gonna move along. Um, and they're not going to bother you. But you have to be familiar with everything that's in those pages to be able to do that. The, the, the last thing I'll sort of leave you with is, is the following. You know, just because you have $80,000 in credit card debt doesn't mean you shouldn't know where that m debt is from. So if you have a particular credit card and that credit card, you have over $5,000 worth of debt, it would really, really, really be worthwhile for you to understand what that's from. What is that debt from? Right, go back and figure out what it's from. Is it from, you know, you flipping houses and you you spent five thousand dollars at Home Depot for renovations, etc. That let's say three years ago and the interest accrued, that's not a problem. 
biggest hiccups I see is sometimes trustee will say you're $120,000 you know, in debt. What is that debt from? And the person, again, just freezes. They don't know what to say because they weren't prepared. Uh, they didn't understand that that question was coming. And when you're in front of 40 other people with a trustee that just heard 20 cases, that's not in a great mood, that doesn't really buy what you're saying, and you respond in a particular way where you say, oh, I'm not really sure, it was just, uh, food and interest, you're going to have a really, really rough day. If you respond in a specific way about, you know, this credit card was $12,000 and this was mostly interest and then I transferred all this to this third credit card and this went to collections, et cetera, you're probably going to have a much easier day. So I will simply leave you with the fact that you have to be super familiar with it. You have to get on your attorney. I don't care, you know, what's going on. You have to make sure your attorney preps you for this um, because this is one of the most important financial days you'll ever have. And it's really, really uh, tantamount importance that you be on your game and your attorney has to prep you for that. So um, I wish you guys the best of luck. I am always here if you have any questions, any concerns, any comments or anything. I love, love, love practicing in bankruptcy. So I'm happy to help out in any way I can. Thanks so much.